So, um, as I said, there's been another, yet another gang-related shooting overnight, this time in Manurewa. Uh, in the past week alone, there have been a spate of 11, no, no, sorry, since uh, May the 22nd, update that, 12 shootings in Auckland in the last week. Just take a moment to think about that. 12 shootings since May 22nd, mostly linked to gang activity. Uh, this week's number accounts for half of the shootings in Auckland just this year. Locals are describing a sense of lawlessness only exacerbated by the brutal stabbing in Mount Arbor earlier this week. Um, I have to say, I, I think that all of this stuff is contributing to a genuinely um, increased sense of being unsafe in our communities. And Axe Justice spokesperson Nicole McKee, she is calling for urgent action on gangs and she joins us now. Nicole, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. What needs to be done to nip this problem in the bud? I don't know if we're ever going to totally nip the problem in the bud, but if we do not become harder on the gangs and tougher on law and order, then we're actually just going to end up with a massive problem that's going to spread far out of Auckland and go national. And we're already starting to see some of that happening in Wellington and in Christchurch. So what we need to do, first of all, is start getting into these gang pads. I mean, get in there, start ripping them apart and start pulling the firearms out. But what we have is a, a soft on crime government that just wants to cuddle the gangs and give them $2.75 million instead of actually trying to get in there and pull those firearms away from them. If we can take the guns away from the gangs in the first instance, then we're going to keep a lot of innocent families safe when they go to bed at night. And I think first and foremost, that's what we need to do. But long term, Tim, we've got a whole lot of different plans. You know, we've got gang uh, control orders, a bill sitting in the ballot box, which will stop gang members from associating with each other, uh, from being in, in certain places. Uh, of course, last week I uh, put in a bill as well that got heard and rejected by Parliament, which would actually allow the police to apply to the courts to freeze and seize assets if they found an illegal firearm. Uh, at the commission of doing a raid, they found an illegal firearm in possession of a criminal at that stage, mm. but that got rejected by Labour as well. So we will keep putting up yeah. uh, these really great ideas. That's all we can do when we're in opposition, but we also must hold government to account and say, these families are suffering. We can't have thriving communities if they're being shot at all the time. Mm. So let's get in there and get the guns out. Is anything the government's doing helpful at the moment? And I want to sort of, in a way, I want to ask you to be nice on this one. Is there something that the government are doing? Because uh, this is me not being nice. We saw Porter Williams uh, a short time ago, and all I can remember was that she wore a leather jacket. Um, it's sort of bringing back memories of Judith Collins. But is the government doing something useful at all in this space? You want me to be nice for that, Tim, and I can't because they're not. Uh, what they're doing is throwing taxpayer dollars hundreds of millions of dollars in some instances at projects that are not going to fix the problem. Uh, as an example, they want to put $95 million from this current budget into organised crime, mm. but put $200 million into a firearms registry, which has been proven to not work yep. all across the world. Instead of putting $300 million into organised crime and going after the right people, they're also throwing money at different tactical units. You know, we're going to create this unit and it's going to take over uh, and make sure that the problem is sorted. We actually have the armed defender squad 
why not invest in them and do what they did back in the old days and go and hound the gangs? Actually get in there yeah. and rip their pads apart. You know, that's more effective rather than telling the public here's a couple of hundred million here and there and it's going to solve everything. We saw yeah. that overnight. Another shooting in Manurera just when there were seven people arrested the day before. Okay. It's not being effective. What about the role of the police commissioner? Because there is a separation between the minister and what and the police commissioner doing his job. So how can you... How could you, in government, support or encourage the police commissioner to take a stronger approach on this stuff, and how would you support that? It's really important that the police commissioner knows what the expectations of the government of the day are. And when we get into government in 2023, Tim, we will be letting him know that our expectations are to not be soft on crime, to go hard. What he is being told at the moment by the Labour government is how he is enacting his police force. We don't agree with that approach at all. So there will definitely be a different tone with the new government. What about the the powers that you would bring in? What would you be doing immediately? You talk about getting into the into the into the gangs, into their pads, and getting their guns. What would you need to enact laws to do that, or would you? Is it simple, are the laws there and they're not being used? I think that there's a lot of laws that are there that are not currently being used. So as an example, the police have removed their pursuit policy. So this means we've got stolen cars and escaping drivers who are no longer being chased. We've got teenagers committing ram raids that say that we're actually going to do it because we can get away with it because we're underage. So we need to look at changing that mindset and making sure that police have the ability to do their job and do it effectively. Now, that legislation's already there. It's just telling them, giving them the authorisation to go harder and to stop the wave that we're seeing now. How do you balance, like, act as the party of civil liberties, freedom of speech, freedom, of, I guess, of association generally. How do you balance taking an authoritarian, real crackdown approach on crime? How do you balance that against your instincts for civil, civil liberties? Yes, look, we're also about the party about personal responsibility as well. And what we've said is that if you are going to step outside of the law and make everybody else's life a misery, then you've got to have some consequences to that. Part of having civil liberties is actually being able to behave within the um, the, the area of of that really good behaviour. And if you can't do that, if you're not going to do that, and if you're going to step outside of it, you have to have consequences. What we're seeing now is no consequences, no consequences to really bad actions. And because of that, it's getting worse, and it's getting worse in different cities. So we need to balance what is personal responsibility against civil liberties. And if you are going to uh, use your personal responsibility to take away other people's civil liberties, then you need to have yours cut down as well because that won't work in a, in a truly democratic society. Let's talk about the gun register a little bit. You talk about the amount of money that's going to be invested in that. Most people would find instinctively the idea of a gun register sensible. Why do you not support it? A couple of reasons why. First of all, we hear from New Zealand police that they don't know where the guns are when in actual fact there's just under 250,000 licensed people and police know where every single one of them are. They come to their homes. They know what security they've got in place. What they don't know is where the illegally held firearms are. And those people generally don't have licences and they're not going to comply to a registry. Now, my understanding is that for a database to be accurate, it needs to be, or to, to be able to work properly, it needs to have three things working within it. And that is it's got to be complete. It's got to be accurate. 
and it's got to be kept up to date. And if you're not going to have a sector of society that is either going to use the registry or keep it up to date or have it completed, it's never going to work. We need to focus on the person with the firearm when we look at licensing. We need to make sure that they're fit and proper. Gang members aren't, so they're not going to comply with the law. And that's why we're saying this is a waste of taxpayer money because it's actually not going to achieve the outcomes the police and government are looking for. What about working with the gangs to enable them to change? Um, You touched on that at the start. Do you believe that that's a, a total waste of time or is there still room for a softly, softly approach? I don't believe there's room for softly, softly. We need to go hard and we need to do it now. You know, this government has given the gangs money, they've worked with them, and what are we seeing? A proliferation of uh, illegal firearm use. We're seeing homes shot up. We're seeing kids' bedrooms shot up. It's not working. So when that doesn't work, we need to change tack and we need to go harder. It's as simple as that, Tim. Do you think, um, look, it's easy to say that this is a, 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 this is going to be something that people are going to be voting on, but um, have you had discussions with, do you talk with National around what their approach is and how your policies fit with them? Because, you know, let's be realistic, you're going to be, you're going to be having to work with them and getting them on board if you guys are forming the next government. When we do our bills, so when our bills are put into the ballot box, yeah. we confer with National about what we're doing. And when, for example, my bill about the criminal proceeds and seizing assets from gang members came out, I spoke to National about that and they were 100% behind ACT. We do the same thing when they have good initiatives. Uh, but at the time of drafting them, no, these are ACT's ideas and National have their own. And we're yeah. very proud of our instincts to be able to tackle law and order and go harder on crime. It's a shame you've got to wait for something to be drawn out of the biscuit tin, isn't it? Is there any sign that you could work with Labour on this or are they, they not listening at all? They're not listening at all. And I think it's more a personality thing, Tim. I think it's just because it's Nicole McKee has put a bill in the ballot box and it goes against what they want. When my bill was initially put into the ballot box, I wrote letters to the other parties asking if they would support it and Labour came back and said no. Uh, when the bill was actually being read out in Parliament, the police minister stood up for a 10-minute speech, only spoke for four minutes, uh, then got told to come back to the bill. She sat down and then she walked out. So she could not even deliver a 10-minute speech explaining why she didn't want our bill. So I don't think they really look at the people. They're just looking at the political people rather than the communities. And ACT wants to see thriving communities in the future and take the politics well out of it. Excellent. Nicole, uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Have a, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. That's, that's Nicole McKee, the uh, ACT Party's justice spokesperson.